Matthew Henry's Commentary on the Whole Bible Leviticus 3 In this chapter we have the law concerning the peace offerings, whether they were, 1. Of the herd, a bullock or a heifer, verses 1 to 5. Or 2. Of the flock, either a lamb, verses 6 to 11, or a goat, verses 12 to 17. The ordinances concerning each of these are much the same, yet they are repeated, to show the care we ought to take that all our services be done according to the appointment and the pleasure God takes in the services that are so performed. It is likewise to intimate what need we have of precept upon precept, and line upon line. Law of the Peace Offering, 1490 B.C. 1. And if his oblation be a sacrifice of peace offering, if he offer it of the herd, whether it be a male or female, he shall offer it without blemish before the Lord. 2. And he shall lay his hand upon the head of his offering, and kill it at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and Aaron's sons the priests shall sprinkle the blood upon the altar roundabout. 3. And he shall offer of the sacrifice of the peace offering an offering made by fire unto the Lord, the fat that covereth the inwards, and all the fat that is upon the inwards, for and the two kidneys, and the fat that is on them, which is by the flanks, and the call above the liver, with the kidneys, it shall he take away. 5 And Aaron's sons shall burn it on the altar upon the burnt sacrifice, which is upon the wood that is on the fire, it is an offering made by fire, of a sweet savour unto the Lord. The burnt offerings had regard to God as in himself the best of beings, most perfect and excellent, they were purely expressive of adoration, and therefore were wholly burnt. But the peace offerings had regard to God as a benefactor to his creatures, and the giver of all good things to us, and therefore these were divided between the altar, the priest, and the owner. Peace signifies, 1. Reconciliation, concord, and communion. And so these were called peace offerings, because in them God and his people did, as it were, feast together, in token of friendship. The priest, who was ordained for men in things pertaining to God, gave part of this peace offering to God, that part which he required, and it was fit he should be first served, burning it upon God's altar, part he gave to the offerer, to be eaten by him with his family and friends, and part he took to himself, as the day's man that laid his hand upon them both. They could not thus eat together unless they were agreed, so that it was a symbol of friendship and fellowship between God and man, and a confirmation of the covenant of peace. 2. It signifies prosperity and all happiness, peace be to you was as much as, all good be to you, and so the peace offerings were offered either, 1. By way of supplication or request for some good that was wanted and desired. If a man was in the pursuit or expectation of any mercy, he would back his prayer for it with a peace offering, and probably put up the prayer when he laid his hand upon the head of his offering. Christ is our peace, our peace offering, for through him alone it is that we can expect to obtain mercy, and an answer of peace to our prayers, and in him an upright prayer shall be acceptable and successful, though we bring not a peace offering. The less costly our devotions are the more lively and serious they should be. Or 2. By way of thanksgiving for some particular mercy received. It is called a peace offering, peace offering of thanksgiving, for so it was sometimes, as in other cases of vow, chapter 7 verses 15 and 16. And some make the original word to signify retribution. When they had received any special mercy, and were inquiring what they should render, this they were directed to render to the God of their mercies as a grateful acknowledgement for the benefit done to them, Psalm 116 verse 12. And we must offer to God the sacrifice of praise continually, by Christ our peace, and then this shall please the Lord better than an ox or bullock. Observe. 
1. As to the matter of the peace offering, suppose it was of the herd, it must be without blemish, and, if it was so, it was indifferent whether it was male or female, verse 1. In our spiritual offerings, it is not the sex, but the heart, that God looks at, Galatians 3 verse 28. 2. As to the management of it. 1. The offerer was, by a solemn manumission, to transfer his interest in it to God, verse 2, and, with his hand on the head of the sacrifice, to acknowledge the particular mercies for which he designed this a thank offering, or, if it was a vow, to make his prayer. 2. It must be killed, and, although this might be done in any part of the court, yet it is said to be at the door of the tabernacle, because the mercies received or expected were acknowledged to come from God, and the prayers or praises were directed to him, and both, as it were, through that door. Our Lord Jesus has said, I am the door, for he is indeed the door of the tabernacle. 3. The priest must sprinkle the blood upon the altar, for it was the blood that made atonement for the soul, and, though this was not a sin offering, yet we must be taught that in all our offerings we must have an eye to Christ as the propitiation for sin, as those who know that the best of their services cannot be accepted unless through and their sins be pardoned. Penitent confessions must always go along with our thankful acknowledgments, and, whatever mercy we pray for, in order to it we must pray for the removal of guilt, as that which keeps good things from us. First take away all iniquity, and then receive us graciously, or give good, Hosea 14 verse 2. 4. All the fat of the inwards, that which we call the tallow and suet, with the call that encloses it, and the kidneys in the midst of it, were to be taken away, and burnt upon the altar, as an offering made by fire, verses 3-5. And this was all that was sacrificed to the Lord out of the peace offering. How the rest was to be disposed of we shall find, chapter 7 verse 11, etc. It is ordered to be burnt upon the burnt sacrifice, that is, the daily burnt offering, the lamb which was offered every morning before any other sacrifice was offered, so that the fat of the peace offerings was an addition to that, and a continuation of it. The great sacrifice of peace, that of the Lamb of God which takes away the sins of the world, prepares the altar for our sacrifices of praise, which are not accepted till we are reconciled. Now the burning of this fat is supposed to signify 1. The offering up of our good affections to God in all our prayers and praises. God must have the inwards, for we must pour out our souls, and lift up our hearts, in prayer, and must bless His name with all that is within us. It is required that we be inward with God in everything wherein we have to do with Him. The fat denotes the best and choicest, which must always be devoted to God, who has made for us a feast of fat things. 2. The mortifying of our corrupt affections and lusts, and the burning up of them by the fire of divine grace, Colossians 3 verse 5. Then we are truly thankful for former mercies, and prepared to receive further mercy, when we part with our sins, and have our minds cleared from all sensuality by the spirit of judgment and the spirit of burning, Isaiah 4 verse 4. 6. And if his offering for a sacrifice of peace offering unto the Lord be of the flock, male or female, he shall offer it without blemish. 7. If he offer a lamb for his offering, then shall he offer it before the Lord. 8. And he shall lay his hand upon the head of his offering, and kill it before the tabernacle of the congregation, and Aaron's sons shall sprinkle the blood thereof round about upon the altar. 9. And he shall offer of the sacrifice of the peace offering an offering made by fire unto the Lord, the fat thereof, and the whole rump, it shall he take off hard by the backbone, and the fat that covereth the inwards, and all the fat that is upon the inwards, ten and the two kidneys, and the fat that is upon them, 
which is by the flanks, and the call above the liver, with the kidneys, it shall he take away. 11 And the priest shall burn it upon the altar, it is the food of the offering made by fire unto the Lord. 12 And if his offering be a goat, then he shall offer it before the Lord. 13 And he shall lay his hand upon the head of it, and kill it before the tabernacle of the congregation, and the sons of Aaron shall sprinkle the blood thereof upon the altar roundabout. 14 And he shall offer thereof his offering, even an offering made by fire unto the Lord, the fat that covereth the inwards, and all the fat that is upon the inwards, 15 And the two kidneys, and the fat that is upon them, which is by the flanks, and the call above the liver, with the kidneys, it shall he take away. 16 And the priest shall burn them upon the altar, it is the food of the offering made by fire for a sweet savour, all the fat is the Lord's. 17 It shall be a perpetual statute for your generations throughout all your dwellings, that ye eat neither fat nor blood. Directions are here given concerning the peace offering, if it was a sheep or a goat. Turtle doves or young pigeons, which might be brought for whole burnt offerings, were not allowed for peace offerings, because they have no fat considerable enough to be burnt upon the altar, and they would be next to nothing if they were to be divided according to the law of the peace offerings. The laws concerning a lamb or goat offered for a peace offering are much the same with those concerning a bullock, and little now occurs here, but 1. The rump of the mutton was to be burnt with the fat of the inwards upon the altar, the whole rump, verse 9, because in those countries it was very fat and large. Some observe from this that, be a thing ever so contemptible, God can make it honorable by applying it to his service. Thus God is said to give more abundant honor to that part which lacked, 1 Corinthians 12 verses 23 and 24. 2. That which was burnt upon the altar is called the food of the offering, verses 11 and 16. It fed the holy fire, it was acceptable to God as our food is to us, and since in the tabernacle God did, as it were, keep house among them, by the offerings on the altar he kept a good table, as Solomon in his court, 1 Kings 4 verse 22, etc. 3. Here is a general rule laid down, that all the fat is the Lord's, verse 16, and a law made thereupon, that they should eat neither fat nor blood, no, not in their private houses, verse 17. 1. As for the fat, it is not meant of that which is interlarded with the meat, that they might eat, Nehemiah 8 verse 10, but the fat of the inwards, the suet, which was always God's part out of the sacrificed beasts, and therefore they must not eat of it, no, not out of the beasts that they killed for their common use. Thus would God preserve the honor of that which was sacred to himself. They must not only not feed upon that fat which was to be the food of the altar, but not upon any like it, lest the table of the Lord, as the altar is called, if something were not reserved peculiar to it, should become contemptible, and the fruit thereof, even its meat, contemptible, Malachi 1 verses 7 and 12. 2. The blood was universally forbidden likewise, for the same reason that the fat was, because it was God's part of every sacrifice. The heathen drank the blood of their sacrifices, hence we read of their drink offerings of blood, Psalm 16 verse 4. But God would not permit the blood, that made atonement, to be used as a common thing, Hebrews 10 verse 29, nor will he allow us, though we have the comfort of the atonement made, to assume to ourselves any share in the honor of making it. He that glories, let him glory in the Lord, and to his praise let all the blood be poured out.